Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and cambay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at widemencantjump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. It's like a... Welcome aboard, it's Wide Men Can't Jump. What's up, TR? It's good to hear from you on the other end there. That wasn't me. That was a technical glitch. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Welcome to White Men Can't Jump. It's episode 66. We're back. We got a great show lined up for you. And joining me right now from the palatial estate in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania. Well, no, no, excuse me. Over in New Jersey. Forgive me, sir. You have so many palatial estates. The greatest basketball player to come out of Clifton Heights named Tom Robinson. It's Tom Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. You're goddamn right. Yippee-ki-yay, Mo F. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no gals this tonight. I'm on really? lo- tonight I'm on location in beautiful West Effort slash thoroughfare, New Jersey, um, in this uh, – homemade studio that I built from the ground up with just nails and nuts and bolts. So, and a, and a vision, uh, <laughs> and a vision to build, said a vision to build the greatest empire that, that it could ever be. Yes. Uh, that's why I've been away to build our empire and, you know, with the t-shirts going like hotcakes and everything else. And and guess what? You know, as much change as there is in the air, there's still something that never changes, and that's the Celtics and the Sixers. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. We do want to take a second and thank everyone out there who has uh, picked up a T-shirt from us. And uh, we've tried to get it. Everybody, we're trying to get everybody that has bought one uh, to send us a picture of them in it so we can post them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yada, yada. So, uh, if you've got a T-shirt from us, please send us a picture of you in it or of you holding it, something like that, so we can take a look at it. We'd love to see you in it, and we'd love to show off that you bought a T-shirt. And uh, they're going like crazy. So if you want a T-shirt, I should have them up. I hope, TR. I should have them on the website this week in a couple of days. So give me a couple of days, and I'll, I'll have them up, and you'll be able to order them from there directly. And uh, we'll start shipping them out here soon. So thank you again to everyone that's picked up one. We had these are our first run, so these are we only had only a, a handful of these made. So if you want one, if you want to be one of those people that say, "Hey, I got one of the first one of these T-shirts," they're going quick. So get in there, make sure you pick up one because I don't know how long they're going to be around. Yeah, they could be a collector's item. So get right on that because, you know, 
my messages are full, and it could be Fox, could be ESPN, or it could be public access. But either way, <laughs> public you, access. <laughs> you want to right jump Sesame on? Street. Put us on exactly. right after Street and uh, before Mr. Rogers reruns. But anyway, before we dive too deep into this TR, because uh, we're going to talk some serious hoops tonight, and we may be joined by our Canadian counterpart. We may not. Uh, Tim's had some had some personal stuff kind of he has to deal with today, but we do want to thank him for all the times he's on because Tim's a busy guy as well, and he's always here for the show. So we thank you, Tim, for everything you do for the show. But it's good to get the old the old band back together here. Uh, this is how this thing started. So you know what, a year and a half ago. So this has been a, a fun little ride that you and I've been on here over the past couple of uh past yeah. year and a half for sure uh but also on the uh canadian counterpart i think he turned 67 the other day or was it yesterday <laughs> so happy birthday <laughs> yes it was tim's birthday the other day so happy birthday tim uh you old ass canadian you know the reason canadians live longer they got that free health care so they, that's why they outlive us yeah man. And their beer stronger too, so that helps as well. Yeah, sure it does. It does. Happy birthday, but, A. <laughs> Happy birthday, A. I love it. I love it. But before we get going here, I do want to bring up we have a new sponsor this week, uh, for this week's episode. And we want to give a big thank you to Two Girls One Mike, the porncast. So <laughs> <laughs> Not making this up. Basically, let me summarize the show for you. Everyone's a critic, even with porn. Host Yvette and Alice, and by the way, Alice is uh, the lady who invented the offensive crayons. Uh, so big shout out to Alice, who's uh, been working with us a lot over the past couple of year, past year or so. They discuss the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn movies. They're joined by comedians, porn stars, scientists, authors to review films, discuss the industry and topics that are porn and sex adjacent. If you need more to say about the show, you don't need to hear more about it. But this is the only podcast to get Tom Arnold on to discuss who's nailing Palin and how it applies to today's democracy, where you learn about topics such as tell, tell the Donix quicksand porn and bootleg dildos, the podcast about porn, and you can listen. It's not ASMR. So check it out, twogirlsonemike.com. That's T-W-O, girls, one, O-N-E, Mike, M-I-C, dot com. Or follow them on Twitter at the number two, girls, number one, Mike Pod. So check them out. It's a really interesting show, believe it or not, T-R. I did a little research. They're good at what they do. They seem to know what they're talking about. Hey, man, I'll check it out. Uh, Rob and I will listen to it some night going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, pick you up a pick you up some uh some pointers there, definitely. So can't wait for that. So let's go ahead and dive in here, TR. I was expecting a guest early on. He hasn't responded, so we're gonna go ahead and dive into this. You watched the big the big game was yesterday, but let's look back over the week here that was Philadelphia. Two big trades last week. We see they move and get Tobias Harris, they lose Landry Schmidt in the process. Um you know, give up a uh, protected first-round pick. 
and they bring back Tobias Harris. They bring back Big Bobon, who I'm I'm actually a big fan of. So I like him. But they make a few moves last week, and we were talking about them last week. Tim and I were, and I actually thought if I had to dish out a winner of the trade deadline, I would it would definitely be Philly. Uh, from last week, Philly uh, on Friday they beat the Nuggets. That's a huge win. JJ Redick had 34 points in that win over Denver at home. And then Philly, their next game was on Monday, I believe. They beat the Lakers 143-120, to 120, 37 points and 14 rebounds for Embiid. Then last night, do you feel like it was kind of a kind of an, a wake-up call? They play Boston at home, lose to Boston 112-109. to 109. What's your thoughts on Philly as we, we're seeing them now and where they're headed from here? Go ahead and give us your take. Uh I like Elton Brand's aggressiveness and uh, my man. <clears throat> I have an update on that um, autograph thing at the Deptford Mall before I forget and then get me back on track. Um, you mentioned Boban. Is that how you say his name, Boban? I just call him Boban. Okay. Boban, I like too because he's just a big, goofy guy. He's videos of him dancing with Tobias and stuff like that. Um, and the big body gives Joel and B to rest. But anyway, that uh, autograph session that I was plugging unsolicited at the Deptford Mall with my man T.J. McConnell was supposed to be Landry Shamet, and I was wondering what was going to happen, and now uh, Big Boban's taking his spot. So that should be interesting. Um, uh, I'll have further information for those in the Jersey area, South Jersey, Philadelphia area. But uh, I got sidetracked there for a moment. It's uh, – when you say they were the winner, Elton Brand, aggressive-wise, yeah, thumbs up. I mean, Tobias Harris is a lot better the player than I gave him credit for. Um, a great wing and what we needed in one capacity. Uh, despite your hatred of Jimmy Butler for what he did to your boys, uh, I like the way he lays low and lets these young guys be their guy, be their self, and meaning Ben and Joe, and kind of just gets offensive rebounds, put backs, and then when he sees he need, he's needed, he'll take over. But uh, I don't know if that's Brett Brown's direction or him just feeling everything out for the playoffs or what have you. But uh, I like the way he's been playing other than those missed foul shots down the line last night. However, beware of uh, shiny things, as they say. They they put a lot around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons without facing the problem of advancing in the playoffs. I knew for a fact that they can't beat that they couldn't beat Boston in the playoffs in, in seven. I didn't think Kawhi Leonard would come back as effectively as he has, but Ben Simmons is straight up scared of Kawhi Leonard and the numbers prove it. Um in three, they played four against Toronto, and they're one in three. But the only game they won was a Kawhi rest game. When Kawhi's on Ben Simmons, he's as bad or worse than he was in that game when he scored one against the Celtics last year. So, if those two teams are in the East, uh, unless somehow Milwaukee and uh, Indiana knock them off, so Philly doesn't have to play them, Philly could add whoever they want. 
and not address the problem of Ben Simmons. Um, the guy won't shoot. LeBron, like, laughed at him, and that's supposed to be his boy. He played him. Did you see the defensive series when, you know, some of the clips of the Lakers game when he would just – LeBron was guarding Ben and literally stood in the middle of the paint and just said, shoot. And yeah. Ben shot hor- horrifically. And the other teams in the NBA have been making Ben look good, i.e. all-star appearance, by playing him one-on-one. His strength is to drive to the hoop and dunk or make a nice little layup with either hand. That's fine. He's certainly athletic and certainly has all the gifts, but unless you you got to have that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant-type drive to be a real NBA winner and a winner is different than an all-star. And I think the other is more important to him because the guy can't shoot. I mean, and if he can, he's got anxiety and won't shoot or something. And sure enough against the Celtics, he came up short. I mean, he, he managed to put 16, um, 16 in, you know, a quiet 16. Uh, one play of the whole night I liked, I think he he was uh, an offensive rebound that he put in and got an end one. But, of course, the end one means end zero because he never makes a foul shot when he has to. And it's just – it's a glaring problem that they just want to sweep under the rug. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to do, but – if I were in their office or, you know, cause he generates a ton of attention and a ton of money to the organization because people don't analyze basketball. Like we do. They just, like I said, bright, shiny objects. That's what Ben Simmons is. Um, if you gave me our original point guard before that stupid process, drew holiday and put him in Ben Simmons, spot with the rest of that team, I'm thinking we could have a shot against the warriors. But as long as that dude won't play the four, and handles the ball primarily. I mean, not for nothing. Embiid's a monster. He didn't have his best game against Horford or or Jokic, but he still had good games. He's. I don't think I'll ever say a bad thing about him again. He's the best center in basketball, in my opinion. But uh, I was watching a series just today. I was looking back at towards the end of the game. Simmons has to rush up the court with the ball. And then he turns around and gives it to his seven foot two all star center beyond the three point line. I mean, what what is that? that that's, that's I don't even remember that any combination in the history of basketball, where your uh, Mister Everything point guard, your transitional player, to transgender player, what do they call him? Tra- transgenerational <laughs> player. I, I don't know what he yeah. is. Uh, I think it's a generational player. Yeah, a generational player. Yeah, he's a generational player. Okay. Um, turns sideways and backwards and looks for his center. Not J.J. Redick, not Tobias Harris. He looks for Joel just, just to get the – it's like, get the ball out of my hands. I might have to shoot. I don't know if that's what's going on exactly in his mind, but, you know, I got rid of one – uh, re- very bad number one pick in Markel Fultz finally, so we can close the chapter in that era. And I, you know, unless the guy puts the work in, instead of being Hollywood and dating the Jenners and the the, the Kardashians and I don't know F. Lee Bailey or whoever the hell else was in that OJ case, whoever he, he <laughs> stops 
stop sitting courtside and, you know, getting the rub from and allegedly tampering with Magic Johnson and all that other nonsense. Magic couldn't yeah. shoot either. He ended up he ended up getting a jump shot or more like a set shot, but in the beginning he couldn't shoot either. And you know that's not the guy you want with him. You want like Mark Price with him or uh, I don't mm-hmm. know Steve Alf Steve Alford or something. But <laughs> Hershey Hawkins. Magic Magic can tamper with him and he'll come back with like a incurable disease. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Hershey Hawkins. <laughs> Nice reference with Hersey Hawkins, by the way. It slipped Thank by you. me while I was on my on my show. Like but yeah, Hersey Hawkins Hersey Hawkins could shoot a little bit. But good. anyhow. Let's uh let's we got a caller who's been listening in, so let's get this caller on here. Caller with us. Ooh, got a I'm here. I'm here. Can you Ooh. hear me? Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a buzz there. A buzz? Yeah. Well, let me, let me take the headset off. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. That, yes, that's much better. Thank you. Much better. Okay, uh, wonderful. How are you guys? How you how you how you guys doing today? We're doing what's good. Good. Mind? Thanks for the call. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, let me tell you. Uh, well, first, uh, uh, well, go ahead. First off, first off, what's your name, sir? Okay, my name is Joseph, and okay, I'm calling from uh, call. Yeah, hi, great, great. I'm I'm doing great. Calling from L.A. and. Uh, um, uh, uh, I'm a former basketball coach, and my dad coached uh, basketball. I grew up running basketball. Um, uh, I used to work Kobe Bryant out back in the day, so I'm awesome. very familiar with the NBA and all that kind of stuff. He said Hersey Hawkins, uh, uh, me and Hersey, Hersey from Chicago, like I am originally. So, and Hersey oh, nice. could shoot, yes, very good shoot, fire. <laughs> Hersey, oh, he was. I agree. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, uh, the thing about Ben, I want to just let me just I want to just inject, uh, interject a little bit about the Ben thing. I understand your frustration when you're talking about Ben and his limitations and so forth and so on, and how that might uh, manifest itself in the playoffs with their team. Um, however, I, I, I must say that I don't have as many concerns as you enumerated there, and partly because it's a different game than it used to be. It's not the same game. You know, the NBA game is a whole different game. I mean, uh, um, the, uh, uh, the fact that your, your seven-foot center would be trailing to shoot a three shows the, how different the NBA is. Can you imagine Patrick uh, Ewing stopping at the three-point line to shoot a three-pointer when he's trailing no, on the break? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> or, Dim, I, I, or, or, or Shaq or, or any of them back in the day. No. Because it's, it's a different day. Shaq yeah, was always trailing, but never there. stopped at the three-point line. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you look at Jokic uh, down there, the Joker down there, can shoot that lights out at the three. You look at Town down in Minnesota, can shoot. Big guy can shoot. A lot of big guys can shoot today. So it's a different, different kind of different game. And I can understand the frustration with a lot of uh, traditional uh, NBA play uh, uh, viewers and people who've been watching the game for a long time. Uh, uh, partly looking at this game today is like, what the heck are they doing? I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, defense looks like it's almost never played. I mean, uh, Derrick Rose said it the other day, uh, about a month ago or two. He said, let's be honest. Nobody plays any defense in the NBA. Come on, stop playing. And he's absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I see your point on, on the change in the game, but I've I've kind of been a stickler in previous episodes about about some big guys being out there in the first place. Uh, Joel's got a nice touch. And, but, you know, last night he was something like 0 for 5 before he finally got one to drop. 
And, mm. you know, in his uh, – just in general in basketball, the center is the – needs the cardio because he's got the longest run from, from offense mm. to defense, you know. Um, mm. So, trying to play – yeah, the NBA is different, but I, I personally would love to see Joel down low, a la Shaq, a la Ewing, as you mentioned, and not be out there in the first place. But that's that's kind of going to a different different area. I, I just I, I watch every series. Now this year I've been a little uh, behind with DVRs and so forth because I got a different position at work where it takes me away where I'm not sitting in front of the live game, but. But I don't know. I, I I want Ben Simmons to be my best, my favorite player because I see the mm. rules, I see the natural ability. But I just, you know, with the the guys that the Brad Stevenses of the world and the Kawhi Leonard's and even the LeBron and the Lakers, they blew them out. But LeBron, like, he didn't even care. He was just like, go ahead and shoot. And well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But 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 also, you, you, LeBron is an, an outlier when it comes to that. You know, I mean, LeBron is a different kind of a creature in the NBA compared to most people. Yeah, he's he's, he's certainly um, still uh, the guy. Uh, although, you know, I, I have a I have a question that's that's kind of mm-hmm. off topic, but it's spiraled since you stirred my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about the LA Lakers possibly? not getting into the playoffs. Uh, I have to admit, Kyle Kuzma is a better player than I gave him credit for. I thought he was just a better player than the league thought, but he's actually a real player, which I've seen over the past year. Um, but I, I don't see them as a whole being a top eight team. Um, uh, I, my feeling is, is that, and, I, and I, just, just for, for full disclosure, I've been a Laker fan since the early Magic days, and you know, so uh, Tony Campbell used to be a very good friend of mine back in the day, and uh, so I used to doing those, those the days with the Lakers winning championships. I used to be standing behind the bench and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been around uh, a little bit, and I must say that um, when the Lakers said they got LeBron James in the very beginning, um, I was one of probably one of the well, I shouldn't say one of the few, one of the one of the uh, people in Los Angeles that was very disappointed. I, okay. I did not want him on our team at all, and I think he's ruined the franchise. That's an interesting take. What do you what do you think about that, Nate? I mean, I know a lot of Lakers fans, um, and I'm going to say that I wouldn't turn LeBron down when it comes to if he wants to come to my team and play. I'm not going to say, oh, no, we don't want LeBron. But at the same time, I can see where people get upset with him because the first thing this guy – seems to do is roll in and start changing everything. Everything has to cater mm. to him. Mm. And you start seeing mm. you start seeing players who were and I thought Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, I thought they were coming along nicely last year. They traded they Julius Randall, which which I think was a mistake. I think Randall could have really developed there. We talked to Tracy Murray in the past as he was working with Randall and working on his jump shot. Uh, so that's another thing that Randall really needed to work on. He was getting there, but LeBron mm-hmm. comes in and suddenly the whole team's available for trade. Would you mm-hmm. really want to trade that entire core? Now, granted, you're going to get Anthony Davis back. You're going to be a contender now, but every single team LeBron James has left, whether it be Cleveland or Miami or Cleveland again, 
after he's done and he's left, they are in a state of disarray. Look how bad Miami was when he was gone. Even with mm-hmm. Bosch and Wade still there. Look at mm-hmm. Cleveland. Both times he's left, Cleveland's been considered one of the worst teams in the league. I mm-hmm. think LeBron's one of those guys who comes in and he gets coaches fired. The only guy that didn't get fired was uh, Eric Spolstra. And that's just because they have mm-hmm. a very competent owner in Pat Riley who knows that mm-hmm. Spolstra's a good coach. Mm-hmm. And he's been proving that for years now. Uh, Luke Walton's mm-hmm. on the out. He hasn't been fired yet, but I feel like it's coming anytime. Anytime he disagrees with, you know, magic star pupil, he's going to be mm-hmm. – it, it kind of feels like LeBron's just back in high school. You know, he gets a free pass what? for everything. Woo! And that, wow, that's all, a great point you just made. Wow. Yeah, all the, that is so illuminating. Wow. All the principals will look at him and say, oh, whatever you want, you're bringing the title. There's me. Always, he always has what, with this. What, what, well, well, let me say this to you. I, I, you, have, you, you hit a lot of my bells, um, um, and the reason why I didn't want him here. Uh, I think he's a, an amazing physical specimen. I think he's one of the most impressive physical specimens. As a matter of fact, um, when I was coaching, I haven't been coaching in a number of years, but the, uh, the last year that I, I was a part of high school coaching uh, here in Los Angeles, we had LeBron his senior year in our tournament at UCLA. So um, I saw him up close as a kid and, and when he was young and stuff. And so, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of players, but um, Le- LeBron's the issue I have with LeBron is not ter- too much about him. Per- do I blame him personally? Although I hold him responsible, but I don't blame him. If you, if that makes any sense, because um, by him coming out of high school and being as gifted and talented as he was, uh, as he is and as he was, um, he never had an opportunity to have good coaching. And, and and because he didn't grow up with family members, he's an uh, only child, he doesn't know how to share. See, even though people say that he's he you know he's the most unwilling, he's the most uh, 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 great, uh, unselfish passer. Yeah, yes, he is all of that. Okay, but he does that out of where he's coming from, not like how Magic did it out of just joy. See. When, when Magic was 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 running the point when, when, and, and the Lakers and, and 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 handling the ball, Magic's passing and everything was about winning. Every pass was about winning, and that's the same way Lonzo Ball is. When see 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 what I'm upset about with the Lakers is that they tried to do Magic, and I understand the temptation. I get it. It's Los Angeles. It's a big market. It's, you know, it's, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. They have been doing bad for so long. I get the temptation to, to, to want to try to circumvent life, but you don't circumvent life. There aren't any magic wands. And, 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 and those young players were on a great trajectory of, of growth and, 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 and moving in the right direction. You come, you bring LeBron in and you just destroyed it completely. And so now he's not physically up to ta- up to the task. See, because the truth of the matter is father time is the greatest denominator. Father time is undefeated. You are not yep. going to beat father time. I don't care how much money you spend on your body. I don't care how many people you have, how, how large your team is to keep you in shape. You're on the clock. The hourglass is, the sand is running. And when it runs out, you are done. 
And and a lot you know, of people I, are afraid could, of that. They could, don't want to admit. If I, if I could interject, I, I completely yeah. agree with that. But that that was my thought when I heard about him moving. Is that you know. Uh, Superman, whatever you want to create, we're all human beings. And 34 is a young man in life, but it certainly is not in the NBA. And I have the same issue with J.J. Redick and so many minutes here in Philly. But go ahead, continue. Mm. You know, so and so and so and, and to me, the Lakers had in uh, they had a great blueprint. They 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 got a chance. They drafted some really good players. But what they needed, they needed the the, the maturity and the understanding of what Golden State did down there. We have to develop these guys. We can't press buttons and, and expect things to just uh, uh, happen or uh, uh, magically. These guys were on a great trajectory in terms of as, as a group. I mean, you had at one time during the season here, this season here when LeBron and Ronda were out, the Lakers actually had five players on the floor, all they drafted. They drafted every single one. They had Lonzo, Hart, Brandon. Kuzma and Zubak. You know, you can't look around the league and see anything like that. Where a team drafted players in, 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 in that short period of time, and all five of them are on the floor starting? Come on. So, so, so it shows you the potential that they had. And you had a guy, uh, you have a guy, a player in Lonzo Ball, to me, who is the one of the best for the system the Lakers wanted to play before LeBron came, for the new NBA, you had the, one of the best tools you could possibly have. You got a guy on the floor who, who, who all of his life only cares about winning. Only cares about winning. And when he's on the floor with the ball in his hands, every player on the floor has to be at their best. Why? Because he is going to get you the ball and you are going to have to perform. See, you can hide thing, when Lonzo is on the floor. You see, you see, see, players can hide when Le- LeBron has the ball and when Co- uh, Rondo has the ball because they manipulate where they want it to go. I only want it to go to this guy, and they're all about uh, 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 passing the ball so it directly affects their 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 stats. Whereas Lonzo, he sees the ball as energy. No, no, no. We got to keep the energy moving. We got to keep the ball moving. And so when 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 you're on the floor with Lonzo. If you're not ready to play mentally, if you're not locked in mentally, you are going to get embarrassed because he's going to uh, get you the ball, and then you're going to look like a knucklehead not knowing what to do with it. <laughs> it's true. I personally am a I'm a Lonzo guy. A lot of people got distracted by Lavar's annex, but you know I had him. Of course, I had him over uh, Markel Fultz. I, I despise the Markel Fultz pick, but yeah, uh, I've always quietly been a Lonzo guy, and. Uh, I see what you're saying, but to play devil's advocate of the point yes, originally we talked about is Ben Simmons. I, I don't feel his uh, assist totals, which are a shit ton, quite frankly. We can speak with mm-hmm. any language here. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. believe, and you made a great point about the passes that Magic made were about winning. I don't think, and that's that's my problem with Ben Simmons. I don't, I don't see him having that attitude that, that, he wants to win. I see mm. him sharing more. Mm. I see him more leaning towards your description of LeBron mm. in, in his sharing the ball, as opposed to Lonzo, not to, not to say that LeBron has not won because he certainly 
an all-time great and arguably the best well, player. But well, we'll hold on. that well, another time. Yeah, but no, but hold on. Let's just go there really quickly because this is what I've, one of the things I've said about people. LeBron is fool's gold. Don't get it twisted, okay? And I'm going to show you how. If, before, before LeBron's narrative started, the NBA was based upon winning. If you, when, right. when, when, when Magic and Bird first, for first re, started re-engineering the NBA, it was about winning. Okay, it was about the, 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 the name on the front of the jersey. It's about yeah. winning. The Lakers, Boston. Okay, Magic, five rings. Kareem, six rings. Kobe, five rings. What does LeBron do? LeBron comes to L.A. with, in one hand, three championships ring, rings, and in the other hand, uh, a, a handful of second-place finishes. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we in Los Angeles, we're not interested in no second-place finishes. That doesn't impress us. <laughs> he went to the, the finals nine times in a row. Guess what? Bill Russell went to the finals 11 times in a row and had 11 rings. Okay? Sure Michael did. Jordan went to the, the, the finals six times and had six rings. Pass me with the, 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 with the nonsense, with the, with the revisionist history. No, my, but my friend, you are the best second-place finisher in the history of the NBA. And that ain't good enough for L.A. We want first-place people. And, and, and he is a second-place guy trying to parlay it into being a, a, a champion and a winner. Not. Well, I wanted to uh, to bring up one thing, um, and that was imagine if the Lakers had allowed that young talent to develop. And if you would, remember, this is the same team that traded D'Angelo Russell for Timothy Moskov. Right. Remember right. that. Look what right. Russell's doing now. So, well, you it know, turned they, into Carl, but it turned into Kyle Kuzma. So we have to acknowledge that. True. Very true. Very true. So you can't knock that. So I guess right. you could say that. But yeah. So, 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 so my, so my thing is, is my, my thing is that the NBA, like more than any other sport to me, in, in professional sport, in, in uh, team sport, in, in the world. Is is player driven more than any other uh, any other any other sport, and to me, the if you are on the floor and you're this great player that LeBron that, that everybody says he is and one of the best and in the conversation with Jordan as being the greatest and all that which I think is nonsense, then <laughs> let's see it on the floor. Let's see it on the floor. Don't tell me that you're that guy. Show me that you're that guy. By by how. By being measured like everybody else, championships. Magic Johnson didn't say, uh, "I can't win because I don't have the, uh, the best players. I don't have the uh, good, uh, good enough players." Jordan didn't say, "I can't win championships again. I can't beat the Knicks. I can't beat Boston. I don't have good enough players." No, he said, "No, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep at it. I'm gonna beat these guys. I'm gonna beat what I have. With what I have, we gonna beat them." See, and no, Jordan got absolutely. Yeah, LeBron's narrative is, I, ain't, I don't have enough players. And I'll say Jordan, not only did Jordan have to go through a lot of teams, he had Ooh. to go through that bad boys team, which absolutely beat Ooh. the hell out of him for, for years. And he like hit the drum. gym and got stronger. He got stronger. That's right. Remember Scottie Pippen with the uh, migraine headaches because uh, Detroit yeah. was pounding on him like an African drum? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Exactly. 
You, they, they, wait a minute. You could, they couldn't cry. They couldn't. He couldn't go. Oh, Jerry, oh, 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 Jerry Cross, the GM at that time. Oh, Jerry, we need more. I can't do it. They're beating me up too bad. <laughs> Nobody want to hear that nonsense. Okay. So, so, so don't All come right. here to Los Angeles and and, and want us to, to treat you the way we treated Kobe Bryant, the way we treated Magic Johnson, the way we treated Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the way we treated Shaq. When you come here with a handful of second-place finishes, talk about, look at me, I'm the best in the league. Man, save all that stuff. Take your little rings. Your little, and cause see, one of those championships to me, is you don't get credit for it the, 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 uh, uh, to me because Dwayne Wade had already won, and he's the one that showed you how to win. You didn't show nobody how to win. I can't oh, argue with right. that. Dwayne Wade showed you how to win. Kobe Bryant and Shaq learned how to win together. That's true. That Magic they did. Johnson, that's right. Magic Johnson uh, 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 took over the league first year in the league playing center, guard, and forward in the championship game. Put up 42-19 and so, please. So, 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 so the reason we, so, so the answer to your question is no, I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not at all surprised that Lakers are in the shape they're in because they tried to trick life and you cannot trick life. Okay. There are no magic wands. You must pay your dues. You must go through the process and you must not try to jump to the front of the line because it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Joseph. Joe, thank you. Thank you for a we great really call, appreciate man. you calling, man. On oh, seriously, that was a great call. We got another caller lined up, so we're gonna go ahead and well, get thank to you them. Guys. And we, you thank guys you so much for coming. And blessings to you. You too. You yeah, too. Call Come back time, Okay. All right. Now, bye bye. Now. Thank you. Well, that was a great call from Joseph talking about the Lakers and a little bit about Ben Simmons, and we appreciate you guys calling. But right now. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump to our guy, Robert Land, who's calling in from the Houston Sports Talk podcast to talk a little Houston Rockets. What's up, Robert? How you doing? How's it going? Well, Robert Robert. We're, we're, doing, we're doing all right. Uh, sorry for getting you on a little bit late there. We had a quick call jump on there. Um, on the background, I've actually got my wolves up on TV playing the Houston Rockets right now. Uh, so let's just dive into it. Houston right now, uh, kind of a kind of an up and down year for them so far. But of course, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, and I'll be the first to tell you here on the show we're not known for praising James Harden. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll say that much. I give I give him credit, but we're not known for our praise of the way Harden plays ball per se. Um, but he but he's had a great great stretch here. Thirty games of over thirty points. Can't knock a man for that. What's going on in Houston with Harden, and what's caused him to decide that he just needs to take over this season? Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I think it's one of the most uh, remarkable runs we'll ever see in NBA history, what he's doing. And he obviously felt like he needed to do it with what was going on with all the injuries to the Rockets, uh, Chris Paul injury. Uh, They they had lost – a lot more games earlier in the season than I think they ever could have imagined. And what's what's so incredible to me about what he's done is I didn't think he had another level in him. I didn't think uh, there was something more that we could see from James Harden than we had seen in past years. But 
Uh, it's just, uh, it, you know, he's doing stuff that when you get Wilt Chamberlain and scoring mentioned in your sentence and you're talking about maybe the, one of the most efficient uh, seasons we've ever seen from a guy who scored this many points. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what else, what you could say about it. I and mean, he's also come up with a shot that uh, is as unstoppable as Wilt Chamberlain's shot with the, you know, the step back three pointer. I, I, it's just, I, I don't know what you guys uh, think Nash. I mean, I don't know what this, everybody feels about that elsewhere, but um, in, in Houston, you, when you watch it on a nightly basis, you can't help the marvel at what, what he's been able to do. He's a great shooter. Um, fantastic shooter. Can't not, can't argue that. Uh, from a national basis, and, and again, this is just us. I'm just telling you what, what most people from a national basis call the step back that he does. You may have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> you may have read it on Twitter. Most people call it a travel. <laughs> I'm not trying to you know, I'm not trying to insult Houston, you know, the Houston base, but to me and to a lot of people, that's considered a, tra- a travel, what he does. What do you think on that? Well, it, it, it's amazing to me that every referee in the NBA would agree on the fact that it, it's okay, but all the fans, I guess, that aren't fans of the Rockets would disagree on what he's doing. You know, I, I think the, the respect that he gets from the players – I think at some point the fans have got to step up and say, hey, if all these guys are okay with what James Harden is doing, why do we have such a big issue with it? And, you know, that's the really the thing. I think the, I think the rest of the uh, fans across the NBA, you know, he's a, I get it. He's a guy that, you know, he, aesthetically for a lot of people, uh, it's just not their cup of tea. They feel like, oh, he, he hunts for fouls or he travels or whatever. It seems like every great NBA player that people might not necessarily be a big fan of. That that's the. I mean, I've man, I'm in my 40s. I, I've seen this over the years so many hundreds of times where people are just upset with the guy that's dominating the league. And it's if it's not your guy, it's always a travel. It's always oh look, he's trying to get a foul. Uh, he's actually the numbers point out that of the guys that have scored over 35 points in a season or this uh, had seasons where they had over 35 points, he's getting the least fouls of, of any of those guys. Uh, if you take away all of his free throws, he's st- and take away everybody else's all the free throws everybody else had. In other words, you took you took away the free throws uh, made from everybody in the NBA, he still would lead the league. And points scored. If you take away, if you turn everybody's threes into twos across the NBA, you, all those threes turned into twos, he still leads the NBA in scoring. Last I checked. So uh, I, I I understand that it's not everybody's thing, but if you watch him on a regular basis, the passes that he makes, lots of them are are globe trotter esque passes. I mean, the angles that he see, the bounce passes, the length of the court passes. Um, you know. He, he's always near the top of the NBA and assist. Uh, you know, he's usually number two or three or something like that or four in the NBA and assist. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, yeah, he get, he has the ball a lot, but uh, a lot of that has to do with he's drawing attention. And when he throws the ball, they're open and he's making these, he's throwing it at these angles that are, are, are really just remarkable. I mean, I, I, I'm, one of James Harden's biggest critics. I mean, I'm in Houston. I'm a Rockets fan, but I've been critical of him. It is so hard anymore to criticize the guy because 
of, of what he's doing. I mean, my biggest thing was a lot of a lot was the defensive angle, but you know, defensively, I think he's having maybe his best year in the league, and he's not the liability, and he's not the the guy that you know everybody says, and he does that with still having the usage rate as high as anybody else in the NBA. Yeah. Again, I'm again. I'm not trying to. You know, I'm just voicing concerns and and saying what a lot of people outside of the Houston market say. And and you're right. Uh, anybody that dominates the league, if they're not on your team, they're gonna you're gonna be a villain. So you're definitely correct in that. But let's look a little deeper at the Rockets. Um, the Rockets uh, right now here. They made a couple moves uh, during the trade deadline. Brought in some pieces. What do you think about the the Houston trade deadline moves? Do you like them? Did you not like them? What do you think? Well, I mean, I love Daryl Morey, but he screwed everything up this offseason. Uh, the biggest thing he might have screwed up is, is signing the Chris Paul extension, the $40 million uh, contract. That's $40 million a year for the next four years because Chris Paul already looks like he has lost – quite a bit, even from last year. He's not the same yeah, guy. Yeah, I agree. There's long, long history. I agree with that as well. Guys his size not uh, lasting that long, and, and that's going to be a, a big problem coming down the road. It's, it's, it's already turned into a big problem. He, he's already had – he came into the year with a bad injury history over the last two or three or four years. So, you know, that was something that you knew was a concern, and, and that – really is the one that could kill you long-term. Now, in the short-term, they made a, a ton of mistakes. James Ennis, he has the athleticism. He's got the length. He's got everything, but he's not a good defensive player. Uh, everything you'd want in a good defensive player, but yet he's not one. And that was a mistake. He is not anywhere close to the 3 and D type player that you wanted to have. So he, he went out the door, and I was happy about that. They, they obviously – miscalculated the mellow thing. I don't know what was going through their head. It could have been uh, something that they had promised Chris Paul before they signed him. It could have been something that they talked with, with James Harden. A lot of times when uh, a team does something that maybe you find a little bit strange, sometimes you got to look at uh, what agents were involved, what the, some of the big players might have thought. So, But they cut the cord really quickly, and you didn't hear a lot of grumbling about it from Chris Paul or James Harden. So I thought that was a positive. Uh, the other uh, moves that they made, uh, Michael Carter-Williams made no sense from a Rockets perspective because he can't shoot. So, yeah, I just didn't get it. And the other thing is you had other guys that you traded for, you made the Ryan Anderson trade, and even though Ryan Anderson was a terrible contract and you got a less terrible contract that was more tradable, you still had to give up a first-round pick to get rid of that lesser contract halfway through the season. So, in essence, you gave away a first and second round pick to get rid of the failed Ryan Anderson contract. And that was under that wave of bad contracts a couple of years ago. But what, what happened was you had all of these bad spots and then you had uh, the spots that you, you with um, both Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris, and those two spots really screwed you up um, because now you have all of these areas on the team where you couldn't go to anybody. Brandon Knight couldn't play. Uh, you cut. You you had uh, Carmelo Anthony in limbo. You you had these other blank spots that like what we we can't even go to anybody else. We can't do anything. So you know from the Rockets' perspective, you're looking at it going, 
man, they're having they're having injuries. They've got guys that they can't play. You know, no wonder James Harden's got to carry the whole dang team. And 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 that's what they were left with. I think Shepard's a, at least you can play him. I mean, I'm not a, the biggest fan of him because he's a, as good as he is defensively, and he's really good. Uh, he's still not a good shooter, and, and that's a problem when when you got a Rockets offense that's designed like that. So uh, the other um, moves that they've made have really the trade deadline moves have really been about the the uh, the guys that they picked up along the way. And Kenneth Reed was a great pickup. Austin Rivers at least was, gives you a rotation guy that can handle the ball. At times, he's been able to help them and do things for them and stuff like that. But uh, I, I still think uh, they're not anywhere close to what they need to compete against the Warriors, but really think anybody else in the West is either. Uh, I, I said the other day on my show that I think maybe the next four best teams in the NBA are out East. Uh, Philadelphia has got the best starting five outside of Golden State now. Uh, I love what Milwaukee's put together. Um, I really think that uh, Toronto, now with Kawhi Leonard, they're not going to be afraid of anybody in the playoffs as opposed to other years. And the Marcus All move was a sneaky good move. So they've added to their depth and, and their ability to compete with anybody. And, and Boston, you know, it, it, as rough as it's been, as, as looked from the outside at times, you look at the record, it's not, you know, it's not too bad. But, you know, Brad Stevens is a great coach. They've got a lot of depth. They're st- they've still played – really good basketball all in all when you look at big pictures. So uh, I think those are the four best teams outside of Golden State. Um, could the Rockets uh, get it together by that point with uh, Capella back in the lineup after the All-Star break, perhaps? But, uh, you know, Golden State, I, I thought I saw a little bit of a – I don't know about you guys, but I thought I saw, oh, no, maybe you could do something with Golden State because Draymond Green um, looks like uh, – <coughs> There's a lot of issues with Draymond Green, but then all of a sudden he got better, and then Boogie Cousins, who I never would have guessed would would be able to get this healthy this quickly, all of a sudden, uh oh, you know, now it went from maybe they've only got, they've gone from four All Stars to three All Stars, and with a Clay Thompson that was having trouble shooting the basketball, so they got four All Stars, and then they maybe have and then it's like five All Stars, and then we're not we're worse than we were than last year. <laughs> Yeah, Golden yeah. State just so good and just such a big roster. Uh, scary team, honestly, so scary. And I think one of the biggest Rockets uh, issues was they got rid of Trevor Ariza. I think that's a, I think that's a major, major loss there. Him and Mbamute were two big losses in the off season, and I was very, um, I was very concerned for the Rockets. And maybe my concerns were were well found when I saw that they lost those two guys. Uh, do, yeah, do you have it any? It wasn't like they got rid of. Go ahead. It wasn't as though they got rid of Trevor Ariza. It was more like uh, the Suns just threw down a stupid contract that I knew that wasn't going to last the whole season because it was the Suns. The Rockets yeah. just couldn't match it with what they did with Chris Paul, and they they knew they had to bring Capella back. And you know, all of a sudden, you're playing a zillion dollars in luxury tax to be the you know the the second best team this year because you thought going to be Golden State. So why, you know, we. It's not like we're guaranteed any championship, and so I, I think they looked at it and they went, you know, we, we can't do this. And a reason, you know, he's somebody that is it throw, throwing a they threw a lot of miles and a lot of minutes on that guy over the last few years. So I, I it wasn't about 
them just like, oh, we don't care about bringing Ariza back. I think they would have liked to at the right price. But uh, what Phoenix did, you know, was just the Rockets just were like, yeah, we, you, you got to take him now. You can have, you, you can have that contract. T.R., do you got anything to ask Robert? I know he's tied up, and there's a there's a game on right now that he probably would like to be watching. Oh, that's what uh, TBR is for. I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did with the Sixers last night. Um, now, just really quickly, uh, I, I, I've been staying silent because I'm not the biggest James Harden fan, and it's it's really nothing personal, but I think, I think when I heard you talking, you obviously know the product and you know the game. Um, that being in the specific market gives you a different perspective and, and a clearer perspective. So I'm, I'm going to take uh, your opinion a little stronger than I would the national media or what I form my own opinion here in Philadelphia, just seeing the clips and so forth and the occasional national game. Um, no question. Harden is a, you know, I would just flat out say the best scorer in the NBA right now. And at times I would watch him in years past and, and say, you know, he's phenomenal. He's just, you mentioned not your cup of tea type of thing. And I don't know. I don't see him as a leader to a championship team. Uh, but again, when the guy does get fouled, questionable or not, depending on whose opinion, he makes the free throws. And, you know, as you said, you're, you were his biggest critic. And I was dogging Joel Embiid for a long time because he had a lot of they, my my home area here is Philadelphia, and I watch every possession. And he, they became the darling team of the national media. And I'd see all the small things watching every possession. Um, but right now, you came to a point where you said you were Harden's biggest critic, but now you're you're obviously blown away by what he's doing. I'm the same way with Joel Embiid, so I'm kind of glad I listened to most of your uh, interview with Nate there and didn't speak because now I'm going to watch a little closer and maybe give Harden a tiny bit more credit than I've been. That that's the, it's just a comment, not a question. So I'm going to throw I'm going to throw out another stat for you guys that I, I just heard today, which I just it blew me away. But um, Harden's on pace. I want to say it's like 260 or 270 step back threes uh, this season. And you can, we can debate whether you can debate if you want whether it's a travel. But what you can't debate is that's a damn hard shot to make. No, it is. I'm <laughs> not knocking that. <laughs> and, and, and on a consistent basis. But the the number I'm going to give you um, is that five years ago, uh, Steph Curry made all together. I think during the season, this was like before this onslaught of threes, 260 or 273s or something like that. This was just like five years ago. Harden's about to do that just on step-back threes, and there's nobody in the NBA. You know, Luka Doncic is the the guy that looks like he might be close to mastering it as good as Harden down the road. Uh, You know, he's only 19, so give him a few years because he can do it, and and, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he's the next guy to really uh, do something with that. But uh, nobody is even in the – close vicinity to him I forget what the numbers are but I think he was the next closest uh a couple of weeks ago I think he had somewhere in the neighborhood of like 30 and Harden had a, you know 120 or something or 130 or 140 or something like that but uh that's just that's ridiculous that he he's about to make the same number of step backs as Steph Curry five years ago 
made threes in total. And, you know, he draws a ton of fouls, but so does Russell. I mean, the number of fouls that he draws when, like when Russell Westbrook was having his MVP year, nobody was griping that Russell Westbrook, oh, yeah, look at all the, look at all the fouls. He's trying to get all these fouls. No, Russell Westbrook was going to the free throw line just as many times as James Harden when he was having a triple-double season, and I haven't looked this year, but I'm sure his usage is a little bit down, similar to what it was the last few years. But, you know, for a while, Russell Westbrook was right with him. LeBron James has always drawn a lot of fouls. You know, it's just I think people think that, well, James Harden is looking for the foul or he has some way of doing it. You know, there is something to that. I mean, there's there's something to the way that he knows – you know, angles and how to, you know, get guys to reach for the ball. But when, when these guys are battling you on a step-back three, that's not, you know, he's jumping four, like three or four feet backward, and they're still diving into him. I mean, I don't know how you blame him when guys are still hacking him and the refs are calling it and they're landing on him or landing into him. You see him falling down, and it's like, well, I, you know, what? <laughs> at what point – are you just looking to get mad at somebody because you don't think they're as pretty because they're not dunking the ball or, you know, five feet above the rim like Jordan or some super freakish thing like uh, Giannis who's like seven foot and can take two steps and be at the basket dunking it. You know, I, I guess, you know, that, that's what he gets blamed for is not being this athlete that ever – he should be appreciated for – somebody that has figured out a way around all of that and, and he's still figuring out ways to score. And this year, you know, nobody's talking about this because everybody's talking about the step back three, but I've seen this just in the last like month. He's come up with this really deadly floater from about, he's almost automatic when he's doing a floater from about eight feet. So when he gets close to the rim and without Capella this year with the injury the last few weeks, um, or a couple of months, I guess it's been about a month, it seems like, or a month and a half. Uh, he, he can't just throw it up to compel at the rim like he used to. He, he's doing it. You can't occasionally with uh, Fareed, but, you know, Fareed hasn't figured it out like Capella had w- with the alley-oop. But now Harden's like, well, I don't want to take the contact at the rim. So he's going away from that, and he's throwing up the little eight-foot floater. And, you know, that's going in all the time now. I mean, just when you think you've got him at, at one point, he figures out something else, and uh, I think it was, it was Zach Lowe, and he's the guy that I respect. You talk about national people and who do you respect and who, who, who do you not respect. To me, I don't care what anybody on TNT says because those guys don't watch the games. And I don't care what Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless or any of the clowns that are just the talk because they don't watch every – the guys that watch every game, a lot of these guys, they're maybe on you know ESPN or the uh, – or I'm sorry, the Ringer or – you know, uh, the ESPN, sort of the, the web guys and stuff like that, they're sitting there, they're watching the games. They can tell you, like, what the defenses are doing against him. And all of those guys, the ones that seriously watch Harden, they just marvel at the different things that he d- does. And they said the most interesting thing about Harden might not be his style of play this year. That might not be, might not be to your liking, but if, just watch how the defenses adjust from night to night and the different things they have to try double teams. They bring two guys at him. Sometimes they're bringing three guys at him. They're doing anything to get the ball out of his hand, um, or they're standing behind him because he's stepping back. So they got the defensive guy, like Eric Bledsoe with Milwaukee. 
he's like behind him, so he can't step back. He's like on the side and behind him. So you know, it's just it's it, it's it's really something special when you start watching it on a nightly basis. I think if you're just watching uh, him for a game or something like that, you might be missing it. And if you're hearing a lot of noise about him from people that don't watch him on a regular basis, it's easy to get confused at at what what he's doing and how special the stuff that he's doing and and that he's doing it so efficiently. He's just not jacking up a million shots to get to 30, 35, 36, 37 points a night. And at one point he was doing like averaging 40 uh, for a 20 or 30 game stretch. He's doing it uh, with like, it's something, it's almost like he's got to do something different every night to get those points. Well, I'll tell you, I'll look at Harden in a new light because you really have brought a convincing argument to the table. But I'm never going to change my mind that I think every step back three like that is a travel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just him. Like, I see I see other guys do it, too. So, I'm not just calling out Harden. I just think that some of these step back threes need to be looked at. And if anything, that uh, that one step back three he did had to be a travel. The, the, the double step back, now, we can agree on that, right? <laughs> Oh, there's probably times that he, he, he might get away with doing it, but I, part of it, a lot of the NBA is doing, if you do something, do it consistently because then officials tend to go, well, he, he does that all the time, and we look at tape over and over and over again, and I might miss, I might miss one in ten or two in ten, but I can't, I'm not going to call it every time because I've looked at the tape over and over again before I did the game, and it, it doesn't look like a travel, nine, nine, eight, nine times out of ten. So, I, you know, these officials uh, don't, don't get it wrong. They're getting scrutinized. They're looking at this stuff over and over and over again because they don't want to feel like they're – I mean, you don't get into officiating wanting to give a particular guy an advantage. I don't think the officials are going like, well, you know what? We just like James Harden better than everybody else. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's what it's about. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, they're doing everything they can to look at it and make sure they're calling it right. And they, over the years, they did change things from James Harden. You know, it, it hurt, this hurt James Harden. It hurt some other guys used it too, but the rip-through move, that was changed because of something I think that he, he was able to do so successfully. And there was other things that he was doing offensively and people complained about it, so they changed the rules for him. And then he figured something else out. And now they're going to gripe about that. You know, and you got to respect the guy. He figured it out. And he keeps, he's smarter than everybody else. And, and, and I, yeah. you know, would, would I like him to be uh, uh, better in some big games in the playoffs? Sure. But most of the time, the teams that he's losing to, he should lose to because, uh, you know, it's Golden State, the running four all-stars at. I mean, it's one all, it's one one all-star MVP candidate against two all, four all-stars and two MVP candidates when it was Golden State last year once Chris Paul went down. The Rockets were going to win that series. They win the series. Everybody agreed they were winning the championship. They were beating Cleveland, LeBron, and, and a bunch of slappies that he had them around him last year. So he would have won that championship if Chris Paul hadn't got hurt. And, you know, Golden State, they, they, they got some fortune, um, but, you know, to win a couple of championships, but that's that's what it takes. Their first championship, uh, guys were getting hurt every single round. Nope, you know Patrick Beverly, he he was hurt when the Rockets played Golden State the first year. And Patrick Beverly 
was a big dang deal. He was the perfect complement to Harden during that that uh, run that season. And then he got hurt against Golden State, just like Mike Conley got hurt that first year that they won the championship when they were facing Golden State, when they, they had gone up 2-0 with Mike Conley, I think. And, and there was another point guard. It might have been Lillard or I forget. Somebody else was hurt uh, on their run. Uh, I mean, w- when you look at uh, the teams that James has had around him, uh, for the most part, you know, he hadn't screwed it up all that much. It's just been, in total, you look at it and it's a better team that he's playing. When they played San Antonio and they lost, the game six was, I, I, you know, you have to blame James Harden for that one. I don't know where what was going on with him in that game six because everybody was out for San Antonio. But uh, you, that that's the one series I think you could just put your t- entire focus on James and go, you know, what the hell happened there? But, you know, there was a series like the Clippers that they weren't expected to win, and, and the Clippers went belly up in and, and that uh, crazy game six, and, and the, the Rockets were able to pull that series out. Uh, and and it was, James wasn't the reason in that game, but in game seven, everybody forgets he scored 40-plus points and, and carried them, and carried them in other games in that series. I mean, that's what's going to happen in series. There's going to be games where they're going to figure you out, and they're going to cause problems and then they're going to get, be games that uh, you're going to kill him and you're going to dominate. Uh, you know, LeBron James, you know, sometimes that happens to him too, even the best. Well, Robert, we appreciate you jumping on with us and talking a little Houston Rockets and we hope we can get you back on uh, sooner rather than later. Talk a little more Rockets later on in the season. Uh, won't you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you? Yeah, my Houston Sports Talk podcast. Been doing it for five and a half years. Uh, it's just uh, all the usual places you find your podcast. We're on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, the Google Podcast app. Tune in uh, the website HoustonSportsTalk.net. But just uh, that's that's where we're at, and uh, just really uh, really proud of. Uh, we've got a lot of good people on over the years. Lots of good interviews and stuff like that. Just had Robert Flores from the MLB Network on and. Uh, my favorite show recently, We, we uh, over the years, we've talked to two guys that have played with Jackie Robinson with the Brooklyn Dodgers and one that played against, and I sort of compiled it all so you could hear all of them talk about what that was like. One guy played against Jackie his very first game uh, in the Dodgers organization when he was with Montreal in the minor leagues. But uh, um, just uh, it, it's been a really fun experience, and you know, I've been in the business for, for uh, 25, 30 years now, and it, this is the most fun that I've had. Robert, we thank you again for jumping on. We hope to have you back real soon, man. All right. Thanks a bunch. Thanks again. And that was Robert Lamb from the Houston Sports Talk podcast, and he's talking to Rockets with us and defending James Harden against mine and TR's criticisms. There isn't any TR. Yeah, I, uh, you know, before the show we talked, and I I didn't even want to say a word because – you know, I'm not the biggest James Harden fan, and there's some there's some things I could have jumped in, but I think we would have ended up taking all of our time tonight. But uh, to give the devil his due, Robert did make a strong case for for Harden and pointed out a few things that maybe the National Observer uh, doesn't quite see that he sees in the market. So, kind of calmed me down a little bit. Uh, I you know I still have my my feelings uh, aren't as strong for Harden. He didn't sell me on Harden, but he, he's made me uh, uh, eager to see his next game and look at it a little differently. 
Well, he's playing my Wolves right now, so I'm never happy when I have to watch him play the Wolves. But one thing I am happy about, TR, is the fact that we've got a great, great sponsor crew here in line, and one of those guys is the law offices of Stephen P. New. Let's hear about that right now. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Again, thanks to Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Check them out if you need any kind of legal consultation. All right, TR. You know, we got a little sidetracked there from the beginning of the show. We were talking 76ers, which I think we did a good job covering. Um, I think we we hit all the, the 76ers talk that we needed to hit. Um, we covered the Lakers, which wasn't a game plan at all. But, you know, we got a good call from Joseph. Uh and then we talked Houston with Robert, so uh, an entertaining first hour here on the show. For sure. Uh, Joe was a surprise. You could tell he was a, uh old-school fan. You could tell he's 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 not a uh, 20-year-old. You know, he's been around. So, you know, we gave him a little extra time out of respect because he was making some good points. And, uh, you know, like I said, Robert, I, you know, I – the Harden streak. I'll just say one thing that I should have said while he was on the air, but um, when he made the point about, you know, well, uh, you know, you would think that all the referees, you know, it's happening over and over again, blah, 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 blah. I believe, and it may be my Philadelphia conspiracy nature, that Adam Silver and the NBA brass, kind of see what's out there that LeBron had, you know, the injury, which he never had before. And, you know, the, the, the Warriors, now they're getting it together. But at that particular time when the streak started, they're just kind of dilly-dallying around. And it's a business as well, and it's an attraction, and it's entertainment as, a, as, as well as as sports. Um, the conspiracy theory to me would be, hey, James Harden's capable of putting up 40 a night. We all know that. We, we, we've we never questioned his offensive ability. Uh, does this draw some attention from the Super Bowl, from from our, our ratings, and will this boost the ratings? Will this make the top story on ESPN? Uh, I, I don't think James Harden just all of a sudden uh, decided or – stepped it up a gear, whatever, however you want to put it. But, yeah, I'm going to score 40 a game for 40 games. I think there might have been a little bit of uh, just let let him free and uh, see what happens. But, you know, again, that's the Philly conspiracy in me. And, you know, good luck, uh, James Harden. Yeah. 
I can see that. But uh, let's go ahead and go back to to last week. Um, we were looking at some of the the trades that were going on as as the show was going on. So let's go ahead and wrap up some of the trades that we didn't get to last week. Um, I'm trying to scroll back here. I think I was Just loading packages sure. last week. Was this you? Was this you and Tim that that started yes, this? Tim segment? and I covered this one. Um, I'm trying to remember where we left off. Uh, okay, let me see here. I forgive me, forgive me. I, I will find everything here. All right. Okay. Uh, of course, James Ennis going to Philadelphia. That was a trade that we uh, weren't able to discuss. Uh, on last week's show, we did. I think we did get to talk about the move to move Otto Porter and Markeith Morris by the Wizards. That was the game plan. Uh, Otto Porter uh, getting moved to the Bulls was uh, a trade that happened there. Uh, let's keep looking here. Uh, the James Ennis trade was uh, a second round pick that that um, Philadelphia gave up to Houston. Wesley Johnson was traded by the Pelicans to Washington for Markeith Morris. Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin were traded to the Pacers by Houston. Um, and then, of course, I don't know if we got to talk about it, but the Bucks uh, were able to send Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson to the Pelicans for Nikola Miracic. Um, I think that's a huge trade as far as I'm concerned. Mike Muscola was sent to the Lakers for Michael Beasley and Ivanka Zubak. Then the Kings trade Scal Labrisi to the Blazers for Caleb Swanigan. And then this one was a big trade here. Toronto sends Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and C.J. Miles and a 2024 second-round pick to the Grizzlies for Mark Gasol. I'm just kind of running through yeah. these, and we're going to – I'm leading into something here, T.O. You'll see what I'm what I'm going to. Memphis – Traded Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green to the Clippers for Avery Bradley. Uh, the Sixers got protected 2020 first-round pick from OKC for Jeremy Grant in a deal, and they were able to get it back from Orlando when they traded Markel Fultz to the Magic, and they got Jonathan Simmons, the first-round pick, and a second-round pick from Markel Fultz. Uh, I want to talk about that trade a little more in detail here in a few minutes. Uh, Grizzlies trade Shelvin Mack to the Hawks. And looking here, the Rockets send a second-round pick to the Pacers. No cash in the deal, but will waive. The Pacers waive Stauskas and Baldwin even after the trade. The Bulls balled out Robin Lopez. Um, the Knicks released Ennis Cantor. The Suns waived Wayne Ellington. Uh, Martin Gortat was waived by the Clippers. And the Pelicans released Markeith Morris, who was dealing with an injury. Um, Ennis Cantor did sign with the Portland Trailblazers, which is a pretty good move as far as I'm concerned. I think that was a good move by them. And Jeremy Lin was bought out by Atlanta, and Jeremy Lin headed to Toronto. The Cleveland Cavaliers signed Nick Stauskas. And – I'm almost certain, TR, that that right there is everything <laughs> that could have possibly happened. I tried my best to keep up with everything that that was going on in the NBA. So let's get to this right here. I want three things from you. 
First, let's start with this. First half of the season. What's been your biggest surprise from the first half of this season so far? Biggest surprise as we head forward? Uh, if <clears throat> if we rewind the clock, and I hate always doing this and patting ourselves on the back, but if you listen to our preview shows, um, there's really been not that, that big of a surprise from what we called. Um, the only thing I can say in a negative way is that um, we stuck our necks out with the Chicago Bulls and they, you know, they pretty much didn't show up for us, but in a positive way, I don't know. We, we called the Bucks improvement. We, uh, we called the Pacers to be a player and obviously we didn't see the injury coming. Um, uh, called the Sixers being overrated. Um, we called LeBron uh, and the Lakers being whatever ridiculous odds they were, seven to two or something, being the worst odds ever in the history of gambling to win yeah, the NBA championship or whatever it was. The NBA title and, they, and they may not even make the playoffs. Uh, we both liked Denver. You liked them a lot more than me, but uh, I mean, I had them in my top four. I mean, a, a surprise. I, I, the only thing I could say, even though I said he was going to be rookie of the year, is that. Luka Doncic, to me, at 19, uh, just looking at some of the recent games in the last couple days, he's already matured in the NBA from his first game in the NBA in that it's like this guy's like he looks polished already to where it's 19 years old, and he's just I guess that's that pro experience at an early age and just uh, flat-out talent, I guess, but I mean – just the way he moves and handles I mean, they, they look for him to be the, the Ben Simmons type. I, everybody that rebounds for Dallas looks for a 19-year-old re- already. I mean, think of that. Um, I guess I guess that's not really a surprise, and there's probably something I'm forgetting that you'll bring up, and then I'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, that is kind of surprising. But uh, I kind of expected everything to be around where it is right now. Um but uh, I'll go ahead with mine. Uh, okay, go ahead. I, I, I've got I've got one that's a a bigger surprise, um, and that's the Sacramento Kings. I think the Kings have looked great this season. Their young talent you know, really I, starting to develop. Go ahead. I knew you. Would, I knew you would figure one out that I, I was omitting. Good, good call. <laughs> they just beat. They just beat the. Uh, you know, after everybody patted the Sixers on the back for beating Golden State, they went to Sacramento and lost. So yeah, go ahead. I concur. They're they're four games over five hundred right now. They're in the eighth spot. Granted, you know nothing nothing's official yet, but they're going to be over five hundred at the All Star break. If you'd have told me the Sacramento Kings were going to be over five hundred at the All Star break, I'd have called you nuts. But yet here they are sitting over five hundred. Um, another team that was a surprise to me How is about the Brooklyn Nets. Before, before the Brooklyn, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I I tried to get that in before. Yeah, Brooklyn, absolutely. But I was just <laughs> gonna say, how about that damn Buddy Heald, man? He uh, yeah, you know, four years Heald. all world, uh, stayed in college at Oklahoma, all world. We thought he could be the next, you know, Steph with his three point ability. Uh, kind of didn't have a bad rookie season, and you know, switch teams and whatnot. But now he's he's a bona fide player, man. But uh, he's averaging continue. twenty uh, points a game. He's averaging twenty points a game right now. And this yeah. this team, man, 
they get it together here. They've got some pieces, and they moved Zach Randolph off that team. They moved a lot of those older veteran players, made a little room, added some youth. I'm telling you, they're going to be scary. They they did sign Corey Brewer, who the Sixers passed on. Um, they signed him. Um, okay, but the Brooklyn Nets, the Sacramento Kings have been the two big surprises for me this season so far. Uh, I didn't think Brooklyn would be as good as they have been. I really thought Chicago would be better. Shows what I know in that department. But I think, it, you know, we nailed basically everything else that we called all season. Uh, we said Oklahoma City would be better than Houston. They have been. Uh, we said the Lakers would struggle. They have. And it's it's been interesting. All right. Let's see. Biggest letdown. Do you have a team that's maybe let you down a little bit? Maybe. And we both will say Chicago. But has there been another team that maybe has let you down since the season started? Yeah, we'll both say Chicago, but we're probably the only two on the planet that expected anything from them. Um, yeah, really. So, uh, let down, let down, let down. Let me see. Um, I could think of one right offhand. <laughs> uh, well, I think you're talking about your own squad, am I right? Yeah, yeah. They've been a big letdown for me this season. It's just like – they're so close. And the Jimmy Butler fiasco finally over. That that was a big hit. They finally got rid of Tom Thibodeau, which was great. And and they'll put together some nice wins, but then they'll just lose games that don't make sense that they lose. I'm like, why are you guys losing this game? You guys should not lose this game. This is a game that you should win, but yet they lose. Like they lose to a depleted Memphis squad, but then the other night they beat the Clippers. And Lou Williams had like 48, and they beat the Clippers. And yeah. it's a solid win, which they've moved Dario into the starting lineup now. That seemed to have helped uh, him starting, and that's that's really helped him and helped the team so far. So we'll see where they go in the second half. If they can squeeze out an eight seed, that would be great. But I'm not hope I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. But the Wolves have been very disappointing to me uh, this season, other than the Bulls, because I, I expect a lot from Chicago. Uh, what about you? Do you have any that maybe you got disappointed on? Um, maybe the play of the Celtics. I mean, it, as was pointed out earlier when we were talking, I believe, to our Houston guy, um, you know, they had their trouble. and uh, But it, it was a case of figuring it all out, I believe. And, you know, it's, it's moronic to say that they're better without Kyrie Irving, but... Uh, they seem to be pretty damn good against the Sixers without Kyrie Irving. I'll tell you that. Um, they were surprised that they they sputtered so much, but at the end of the day, they had the same record as Philadelphia after last night's win. So, um, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that I expected to be, you know, dominant or even good that 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 tanked. Um, Utah maybe earlier in the maybe season. Maybe New Orleans. New Orleans hasn't really been great all year. And then a lot of the drama with Anthony Davis. And, you know, this is a Western Conference semifinal team from last year, and they have really struggled, and they just decided to blow it up. And they're going to try and start over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have uh, kind of similar feelings about Anthony Davis. And it was a funny line from Thomas Bain, who's been on before. When I yeah. made it known about Anthony Davis that I don't, you know, I don't believe in him as much as the national media um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's another mega talent but I, I just certain guys just come across as not being that guy that's going to 
cut down the nets, if you will. And uh, he seems like that guy to me. I don't think he's the the, the the top dog that can win an NBA championship. He's got a lot of years to prove me wrong. But uh, the line I wanted to mention, which I, I, I got a kick out of, even when that guy argues with me, Thomas, he makes me laugh because he said, you got to take a knee on that one. <laughs> Did you ever hear that expression? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. Our Facebook it, it group has really it. been picking up. Our Facebook group's really been yeah. picking up lately. We appreciate everybody jumping in on it. It's been fun. But, yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis to me, I mean, stat machine. I just don't yeah. see, like, you know, I don't see Adam Silver with an Anthony Davis-led team um, handing him the, the trophy. I, I just uh, – there's the, there's the guys like Steph. Uh, LeBron's a little wishy-washy because, uh, as Joe pointed out, Joe the caller, you, he didn't even mention Ray Allen's uh, game six three pointer that saved the one championship, and and or uh, Kyrie Irving's uh, shot in game seven over the uh... yeah one on one with Steph. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so think about think about LeBron's I mean, three championships and how and how without those shooters and without all those people that he had would be different. Just yeah. Yeah. I and I, I you know I I hate dogging LeBron because he is amazing. Just amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the game that the the Sixers squashed them here, uh, just seeing him pull up for a three from you know Steph Curry range, and and just nothing but net. You know the guy's just he he worked on his game enough to, you know, uh, he didn't have that jumper coming into the league and. Yeah, that's that's what frustrates me about these these this new era, new wave, and I'm sounding like a grumpy old man, which I'm turning into, I'll admit. But uh, I just I don't see the the killer instinct. The the, the guy that again, if you're a first time listener, I have to credit my co-host here, Nate. He talked about a guy named Giannis in in Milwaukee, <laughs> who I would see. I would see on ESPN, and I would say, yeah, he's long and he's exciting with the dunks, but you know, I blah 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 blah. I didn't give him the credit, and then I started watching more closely, and you know, I, I'm the kind of guy who will admit when I was wrong. Uh, if I watch Houston and, uh, and I start to agree with some of the points that were made earlier, maybe I'll I'll change my stance a little bit on James Harden, but. Uh, Giannis looks like the guy that wants it the most out of anybody else that I can see other than Steph, because Steph's just a constant. When he wants to turn it on, he wants to win. And, and that goes back Definitely. to Joe's call again. It's about it's about the, the, the winning, the playing to win, and and the different energy from different guys. You could you could fill up the stat book all you want, but um, Giannis is the guy to me that that's show, that's showing night in and night out that he wants to win. He doesn't want to score forty a game for forty games. Uh, a little dig there. I'm sorry, but he <laughs> wants to win every game. He wants every rebound, and uh, he does. it just seems like he wants to get better. And I don't know. Uh, am I missing somebody that has that killer instinct? I think Damian Lillard has it from time to time, but he's buried way up there in the Northwest, and nobody sees it. I'd like to see him get with another team and uh, see what he could do at the helm. But, I, you know, it's just I, I love those killers. Even, you know, Kobe as much, you know, he, he never met a shot he didn't like either. But 
there was never a doubt that Kobe was going to try his ass off to win the championship. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, very true. Very, that, that, that is just, very true. Just spitballing here. Just spitballing. I'm sorry to get off whatever we were talking about. No, no, about. you're fine. You're fine. But, you know, we brought up Boston. We brought up Anthony Davis. So that's going to segue us here into my talk with John Corellis from MassLive.com. We talked the other day for about 14, 15 minutes about the Celtics. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and give you a preview of what we're going to talk about when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk a little all-star game after this, and we're going to talk about, TR, the end of the show, do we want to go ahead and hedge our bets and change anything that we picked, uh, like who we picked to win the championship and be in the finals? So be thinking on that. So we're going to talk about who we think will win all-star skills competitions, three-point shootout, slam dunk contest, things like that. And we will be back right after my talk here with John Corellis right after this. Well, joining me now is Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com, host on Locked On Celtics podcast on Locked On NBA, and co-founder of Red's Army. It's John Corellis. John, thanks for jumping on with us. Hey, man, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked, and uh, good to see you've got a new job now, so congratulations on that. Uh, <laughs> moving you. up in the world, man. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, moving somewhere in the world, but no, it's great. It's great. Thank you. Well, congratulations. And we want to talk about the Boston Celtics uh, again. So, Nick Hoff, if you're listening, listen up. There's your guy. He always tells me we need to bring you back on. So, you, we bring you back constantly. Um, let's talk about the, the Anthony Davis fiasco that was the uh, the deal that, didn't ha- that, that can't happen until June and Davis wasn't moved. The Celtics, uh, according to rumor out there, they're going to re-sign Kyrie and they're going to try and bring Davis over in a marquee trade. You personally, and and from I know you can hear this a lot. A lot of people want it to happen. Some people aren't too keen on it. They'd rather te- keep Tatum. What do you think about that deal uh, with the Celtics possibly landing Anthony Davis? I mean, I think they should do it. I think even if it means giving up Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think that's something that they should really consider. Uh, Jason Tatum can be a really, really special player, uh, but Anthony Davis already is. And I think you take, first of all, I think you take the known entity versus the unknown. And secondly, uh, I think it's, it's going to be tougher for Tatum to kind of grow into the player that he wants to be around Kyrie and Gordon Hayward and all those guys. Like, I originally was thinking like he will gradually grow into this potential all-star all-NBA guy and he could still, but I think maybe getting more opportunity to be the guy in a place like New Orleans is something that's going to help him kind of unlock more of his game versus being a third or fourth option uh, on the Celtics. And, you know, for the Celtics, you get Kyrie, you get Anthony Davis, you have Gordon Hayward who I've, good faith in, I think that that vaults them to a, a much higher level, uh, even though they give up some, some really talented young players. It, it's just one of those things. He's so special that you, you kind of have to roll the dice on that. And so I, I'm, I think it's, it's the right move for the Celtics if they can pull it off. 
Yeah, and you're looking at uh, a team right now who, as they're built right now, most of us thought that they were going to be the team to beat in the East, but this year it has not come to pass. What's going on with the Celtics? They give up a big comeback win to the the Clippers the other night, and then Rondo hits that game winner against uh, when the Lakers are in town. Before that, they had won five straight, but then they lose two in a row, and they got a big one tonight against Philly. What's going on in Boston? Why can't they seem to put it together and be the team that we thought they would be? Well, I think especially against these bad teams. So, well, the Clippers aren't a bad team, but they were on that night playing very poorly, and they – um, with all of their new players, it's just a little discombobulated. Uh, but we've seen them build up leads against bad teams and blow those leads. And I really do think that what happens is once that lead gets up to 20, 25, some of these guys think, okay, now is my chance to do my own thing. I can go and get my own points. I can go pad my own stats. And they stop doing the things that, got them that lead in the first place. And what ends up happening is you do that for long enough and you give another team, no matter who they are, an opportunity to get back into a game and get some confidence, you're going to be in trouble because some of those guys, like in the Orlando game earlier in January, Terrence Ross went off. And like, who the heck is Terrence Ross to start scoring 12, 15 points in a quarter? But what happens is he's a good NBA player. Like the, the NBA consists of like the top 1% of all competitive basketball players in the entire world. So even the worst NBA players are the best players in the world. So if you give them the opportunity, they'll take it and they can, once they get confidence, start going off. So I think the Celtics just start relaxing uh, a little too much in those situations. They don't put teams away. They don't, they don't take that 28-point lead and build it up to 35 or 40. Like they, they really could just demoralize some teams, and they don't take those opportunities. They play well against good teams. They don't have those losses against good teams. So it just tells me it's all about effort with them. It's not about ability. It's always been effort. And, and, and that just goes back to my point about like Tatum and Brown. Some of those guys, Rozier, they, they, they put effort in the wrong places. And I, I think that plagues the Celtics sometimes. Yeah, and, and you see it from time to time. Um, a lot of people are starting to point fingers, especially on Twitter. So you can't really take that. you got to take everything on Twitter with a grain of salt. But you, you see a lot of people online posting polls, you know, who's to blame for the Celtics? What's up with the Celtics? Is it, you know, Danny Ainge who built this team into what they are? But normally a five seed and only being seven games out of first in the East, that's pretty respectable because they're in the top echelon with the top five teams, but yet people are kind of looking at it as, man, they're really struggling because they were so highly touted. Do you think if maybe this team doesn't have that little run they had last season without the starters, without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward that we had and had these high expectations, do you think we're giving them a fair shake right now? Because right now they're really not a bad team, as you said. They're you know 14 games over 500. Yeah, I mean, they have – the league's third best net rating and net rating is a great way to really see who, who the good teams really are. Even if there's a team that might be struggling a little bit, you look at the net rating and say, okay, the net rating is a, is a great indicator. The Celtics are one of four teams in the entire East that are top 10 in offense and defense. They're a good team. 
<laughs> they are uh, they are a victim of expectations, and some of that is their own fault. I mean, they they knew coming in what their expectations were. They they set their own expectations. It's not it's not a shock that they um, were expecting to be better. They themselves bought into the hype. That's part of the problem. And, and that's, that's one of the downfalls, one of the pitfalls when you've got a team, especially that's comprised of so many young guys, that you start believing your own hype. And once you start believing your own hype, then forget it, because then you stop putting in the work. You start to think like, oh, I can just show up. And that applies to everything. If I start believing in any sort of hype, there's no hype around me, but if, if there was, and I start believing in it, then I will just throw up crap columns and do crap podcasts and, and that, that it's the same thing with them. You know, it's like that's just how it goes. That first 20 games, they, I think they just thought they could just roll on out there. Like, I'm just going to be my, you know, whatever. We're just the Celtics. We're here. You're a bad team. You should just roll over and die. And they, those teams have pride. And not only that, they, they want to beat these teams that have these high expectations because that's a, that's a big-time win. Beating the Celtics – is, you know, a big win for a lot of these teams like the Cavs or the, the Knicks or whomever, you know, the Lakers especially. So they are, yeah. they are a victim of expectations. Uh, if this was last year's team and they were playing like this, we'd be like, wow, look, the Celtics, man, they're right there. They're right there. You never know. They could catch fire. But it's, this is how it goes, man. Perspective is, is a crazy thing. And right now, because of what we thought they were going to be, a 60-win team, they're, they're going to be like a 50-win team, which is still really good, but they're not a 60-win team, and, and suddenly that becomes a, a problem. Well, I know you're, stre- you're pressed for time because you got to get to the game as they play Philly tonight yeah. before night, two, night one of the back-to-back. One last question before I let you go. And you talk about yeah. crap podcast. Welcome to one, so I appreciate it. I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the Celtics. If they move and do get Anthony Davis and they only get him for a year rental, is there some cause that maybe he won't stick around in Boston? Or do you think they need to make that risk and go get him anyway? I I say you take that risk. Uh, I think the notion that he is going to be a rental only is the clutch sports machine doing its job. That he he sits there and says, I'm not going to re-sign with Boston. Well, there's a reason why Clutch Sports wants him to say that or, or wants to put that thing out there because they want him to go to the Lakers. They want him to go to Los Angeles. Boston is the team that has the most to offer. They have Jason Tatum, which across the league, it's believed to be the trump card. Like Tatum is the trump card, and the Celtics picks yeah. that they have available to them are better than what the Lakers can offer. Lakers' package isn't bad. It's just the Celtics' offer is better. And – they need clutch sports. The Lakers need Boston eliminated from the picture. The only way to eliminate the Celtics is to tell them somehow through the media, because you can't tell them directly. Well, you can, but you're not supposed to. Um, through the media, you're supposed to, you create this notion that don't trade for, don't trade for Anthony Davis because he is not going to stay there. And that creates this panic amongst fans, and it creates this public pressure for, for Danny Ainge allegedly, not that he ever bows to public pressure, but that's the game plan. You create this public pressure to say, well, he's, suppo- he's going to be a rental. I don't want to trade these guys for a rental. And you make the move unpopular, and, you're, and you kind of force the Celtics to say, 
to give pause. Uh, and I, I personally, I just don't buy it because Davis will get to Boston. Kyrie Irving will resign if Davis is in Boston, which means that one concern that he allegedly has is gone. The Celtics will become championship contenders in Boston, and he will have a full season of understanding what it's like to be a Celtic, what it's like to play underneath those banners and on the parquet floor. And if you don't believe that that's real, you can go ahead and ask Isaiah Thomas, who even though he was traded in a very cold-blooded move, still loves Boston and still wants to come back. He still contacted Danny Ainge and said, I'll come back. So even as cold-hearted as that move was, it, Isaiah Thomas understands what it's like to play in Boston. He loves playing here. Um, ask Kevin Garnett, who was unsure about making that move, and he gets to Boston, and all of a sudden he's like Celtic for life and, and still going back to games and, and still you know, seeing himself as a Celtic as well as a Timberwolf. Uh, those guys, players who, who come through here who are unsure of the city, once they get to Boston, they go, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's cold, and they don't have the movie studios, and they don't have the beaches. Uh, if that's important, then there, there's nothing you can do about that. But once, once that aura hits a player, they, they get it. So I think Anthony Davis, trading for Anthony Davis is a worthwhile risk because I think he'll, he'll want to stay in Boston. But they have Wahlburgers, so that's important. <laughs> <laughs> of but John, we know you're pressed for time and I appreciate you giving us just a little bit of time here on the show this week. And we can talk more about this trade potential and does Kyrie stay if Anthony Davis doesn't come and we'll get you back on the show real soon and talk to you about all that. But I appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight what's going on with Boston right now, especially around this trade deadline. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you and then I'll let you get to the game tonight. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. If you go to MassLive.com slash Celtics, all of my writing is there. And, of course, the Locked On Celtics podcast. Uh, go ahead and search for Locked On Celtics wherever podcasts are available, and you'll find that's all my stuff. It's, it exists all on Twitter and at those two places. All right. Well, John, thanks so much, and we hope to have you back real soon, man. Thanks for stopping in for a few. You got it, man. Thank you. Thank you. And that was my talk with John Corellis from MassLive.com and the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. T.R., are you still with me, my man? Yeah, I got to apologize. I thought I was muted, and there was a little bit of household conversations <laughs> during uh, that interview. It's all right. So, I, should, I, I forgot to hit the buttons. That was my fault. I'll take the blame on that one. So, But, uh Let's go ahead for a minute here. Let's talk about the the All-Star game coming up. Uh, there's there's a few names being thrown about that are considered All-Star snubs. There's um, quite a few being tossed around. Um, do you have any particular thoughts? You, I'm sure you've seen the reserves list. Uh, there's a few that maybe should have been on that weren't. I don't know if you've got a chance to look at that. Uh, who would you think would be considered an all-star snub this year? Uh, just just Luca. Um, 
And I don't know if that's necessarily a, a snub. It just seems as the years roll by, it gets harder and harder for rookies to make the squad. Um, yeah. It's, I don't have anybody I could go crazy about this year. Um, personally, I don't. Um, it's, it's like every year there's just four or five guys that, that there's just not enough space for, for, for everybody. And, yeah, uh, cases can be made that they got screwed, but I, I don't think you know. Some people pointed out Chris Middleton was a surprise, but I don't think you can bury Chris Middleton either. You know, I no. mean, I got to defer to you on this because you always see, you're more perceptive and you you always think of what I'm what I'm not thinking of that might be right in front of my face. But you know, I think Luca deserves to be an All Star, but he's a rookie, so there might be that little rub there, that little insiders you're not making it yet kid type of deal. But other than that, I, I don't have that much of a problem with it. Um, you know, Luca's not even one I would have had truthfully. Okay. And the, I mean, I think he, he's a great player, but there will be other years for Luca. The, the guy who I think was the biggest snub was Rudy Gobert. I think Rudy Gobert belonged on the all-star team, but he didn't get the nod. Um, you could he put him in so over too. Clay Thompson. <laughs> what is it? I said he thinks so too. Oh yes, he does. And uh well, I mean, he missed out on a uh I think he he missed out on a million dollar bonus as well uh for not making the uh, team, but Yeah, so, that, that uh, makes sense to why he was upset about it then. Yeah. Uh I think Gobert should have made the team over LaMarcus Aldridge or over Clay Thompson. But other than that, honestly, I didn't see anybody that that really stood out to me. Uh, Luke is a good player, don't get me wrong. Uh, I think Middleton deserved it. Middleton has had a fantastic season uh, in Milwaukee, and they've done a great job up there as well. But uh, other than that, I couldn't find many snubs. I think they got it right for the most part this year. Uh, we went over who we thought should start. And, of course, LeBron and Giannis are the two captains. And it was pointed out, if you look at LeBron James's all-star team, uh, have you seen the all-star team LeBron has? No, I, I'm actually late to this, no. Okay, uh, LeBron's all-star team, let me see if I can find the roster really quick. I'm hoping somebody just has it listed and I don't have to read through a bunch of stuff here. Um, if I'm, I'm going to try and find it. Uh so give me bear with me just a second. It's Team LeBron versus Team Giannis, um, and that's that's your All Star team, and it's in Charlotte. I'm surprised I'm not going. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of surprised I'm not there. Um, yeah. The starters um, for let me see if I can find it here. Okay, Team. This is Team Giannis. These are the starters. Kimball Walk or, or is it? No, I, I take that back. I'm sorry. They did the draft. I got to find the the lineups for the draft here. Okay. Uh, Team Giannis: Joel Embiid, Giannis, Paul George, Steph Curry, Kimball Walker. Then they have Chris Middleton, Jokic, Westbrook, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, Nikola Vucevic, Kyle Lowry, and Dirk. Uh, Dirk and Dwayne Wade both were put on the teams. Now take a listen to this line, this starting lineup, and a lot of these players for LeBron: Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, Dwayne Wade. Durant, Leonard, 
Irving, Davis, Thompson, every single one of those players' contract is up this season. <laughs> Interesting. LeBron has drafted his all-star team based on trying to convince them to come play with him in Los Angeles. Tamper, 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 tamper. Tamper, tamper, tamper. Lakers gonna Laker. But um, yeah. that's I heard that I heard that mentioned on ESPN Radio, and I got a, I got a kick out of that. I thought that was pretty funny. But there's not look enough balls for that team. <laughs> really not. Jeez. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, let's look at the Rising yeah. Stars game. The Rising Stars game is Friday, and it's Team USA versus Team World. We ran down the rosters. We'll do that again real quick. And Tr, you're going to have to give me. We'll we'll pick our winners here. Okay, this is where we. This is where we take a winner, and I'm trying to find okay. all right, Rising Stars game. So hang in there with me just a second. Well, while you're looking, right. I'll just make a, a blind comment that the way Jason Tatum's being dangled is just outright disrespectful to me. I mean, yeah, a lot of people Doesn't think Anthony be- Davis is 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 the second coming of God, but Jason Tatum is just like, oh yeah. We, we have to do that deal. I don't know, man. Tatum looks to be a champion to me for years and years to come. He's, he's a great but. player, and I don't, I don't know. But here's Team World: OG Ananobi from Toronto, DeAndre Ayton, Phoenix Suns, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Sacramento, Luka Doncic from the Mavs, Shea Gilgers Alexander from the Clippers, Rudonis Karakas from Brooklyn, Laurie Markkinen from the Bulls, Josh Okoge from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and if you get a chance. Uh, so Google the shot he blocked on James Harden just a little bit ago. Good Lord. Uh, Seti Osman from the Cleveland Cavaliers and Ben Simmons, who is the third-year player in the Rising Stars game, but we won't get into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Team, Team USA, Jared Allen from the Nets, Marvin Bagley III from the Kings, Lonzo Ball from the Lakers, John Collins from the Hawks, De'Aaron Fox from the Kings, Jaron Jackson from the Grizzlies, Kevin Knox from the Knicks, and look at the dunk he laid down on Ben Simmons tonight. Another holy shit moment. Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz, Jason Tatum from the Celtics, and Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks. Who takes the game, TR? Team World, Team USA. Until three of those last four USA names were read, I was 100% going with the Team World. Uh, But when you mentioned Donovan and Tatum and – uh, even yeah. Trey Young, but uh, uh, but there was a there was another one towards the end that um Kuzma? who's escaping me, Kuzma, who's another guy I got to bite my tongue and admit that he's a little better than I gave him credit for. Um, yeah, he, I think he's a legitimate player now. Where I thought he was just a, a fluky kind of guy last year, but anyway, um, geez, uh. It's tough, I know. That that one's a tough one to try and pick. Yeah, just because Simmons is soft and he'll be worried about the All Star game, I feel like I feel like jabbing him while he's down since they lost to the Celtics and whatnot. I'm gonna go with the America. I'm gonna hacksaw Jim Duggan yeah. it up and. Yeah, I, I got to go Team USA as well. Uh, just too much talent. I'm there. gonna I'm gonna build a wall around uh, Charlotte <laughs> oh, that weekend. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Moving on, the Taco Bell Skills Challenge is on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Here's the participants in that. Let's see if we can pick us a winner here. Now, remember the skills competition. you got to pass. you got to dribble. 
you got to make a free throw. So here's the guys competing in that. Mike Conley, Luka Doncic, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, Kyle Kuzma, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic, and Trey Young. So who do you think, DR? Who takes that one? Can we get two? <laughs> I got to pick the one okay. winner. Eh, go ahead and give me two. I'm only picking one, but you can take two. Go ahead. I'm going the big boy from Denver as one of Nicole. one of my. Okay. Yeah, and I'm going De'Aaron Fox because he's so damn fast that even if he misses a pass, he can get three off before others can get one off. I'm actually going with De'Aaron Fox as my guy to win that because that dude is so good. When it comes to dribbling, passing, he's fast, and he can knock down shots. So I'm going De'Aaron Fox as well. Uh, so great minds kind of think alike there. So this is kind of scary. We both go. go with Team USA. We both got De'Aaron Fox. All right, now let's find the three-point shootout. This one's going to be interesting, I think, from what I've seen. Here's the participants in the three-point shootout. Try and pick a winner. Devin Booker, Seth Curry. Seth, S-E-T-H, Seth Curry. <laughs> then Steph, Stephen Curry as well. So both Curry brothers, Danny Green, oh. Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Kimba Walker, and Dirk Nowinski. Who you taking, T.R.? I think this is King's appreciation night because I'm going with Buddy Heald to <laughs> narrow, narrowly, narrowly beat Steph Curry, who will be on, but he's, you know, expected to do amazing things. And only Larry Bird can call his shots, put it that way. So I'm going with Buddy Heald. I'm taking baby Dame, Damian Lillard, to win the three-point contest. Damian Lillard can knock it down. Steph Curry could – now, if this contest was shooting from, like, half court, Steph Curry all day. But I'm taking right, – to make right. just a regular three in rhythm. Steph Curry doesn't have good rhythm. Uh, so, I'm going right. Damian Lillard. That, that's just my opinion. Send your hate tweets to at wide jump. All right, the last all-star – I'm not even going to try and pick the all-star game. Um, I'm If I have to go with the all-star game, you've heard the reserves now. You've heard the starters. I think Team LeBron takes it. Uh <laughs> Giannis, bless his heart. Love your team, man, but this is going to be a showcase, and you're just going to see LeBron's team just go insane, I think. So I'm going team LeBron. I don't know about you, TR, on that one. I'm just going to be such a consistent jerk-off tonight. I'm going uh, the other way because Ben team Simmons screw up their victory. <laughs> yeah, Ben Simmons is on LeBron's team. So, All right. And finally – it would be great rib. Great a great rib would be everybody defensively when he has the ball, just line up five players collectively and and have the offense in on it too, together and make a wall where he has to shoot from fifteen feet or beyond. <laughs> that would be great, actually. <laughs> but oh. we'll see. All right, finally, the Slam Dunk Contest is this Saturday night, and it will include the Hornets' own, in his own home building, Miles Bridges, uh, drafted out of Michigan State. 
the Hawks, John Collins, the big man who can throw down. The Thunder's very sure own Amadou Diallo. From the, and finally, the Knicks, Dennis Smith Jr. Those are your slam dunk contest participation, guys. Not a lot of big names there, but could be an interesting slam dunk contest. Who you taking? Mm, John Collins will do some powerful stuff, but due to the chip on the shoulder, got moved from Dallas to New York. Uh, you were scratching your head when you heard the rumors in the early part of the Still season am. that they wanted to move. Still am. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking chip on a shoulder, lottery pick, good point guard in his rookie season. Dennis Smith being smaller will be more creative. Get a little rub from the all-star national attention, et cetera. I'll go with Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I'm going Miles Bridges. home Hometown yeah. hometown guy. Uh, John Collins, I would pick you, but you're over six foot seven. And those guys hardly ever win. You got to do something special if you're that tall and going to win the slam dunk contest. So yeah. that's that's one thing I want to bring up. All right, two more items of business before we let you go out of here, ladies and gentlemen. We got two more things to discuss right after this from our great sponsors at Cambay.com. So come back and we're going to talk about are we going to change our minds on our picks we made earlier in the season? And Tr is going to talk Markel Fultz right after this. Are you sick of the boring, same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. Thanks to our good friends at Cambay.com. Get those free credits, ladies and gentlemen. Get over there and lock up your free credits, as TR says. It ain't going to take 20 free ones to finish like in college. <laughs> I love that line. Anyway, TR, we, you t- we both took, I believe at the beginning of the year, we both took Boston and Golden State. Did we not to be in the finals this year? Yes, we did. <clears throat> All right. Now's our chance. Do you want to back out on anything? Do you want to take a different team from the West? Do you want to take a different team from the East? Right now, here's your chance. We're halfway through the year from what you've seen so far. Do you like to stick stick with your picks, or do you change it up? Do I want to is a different question, and then am I going to? Um, okay. Of course, I'd like to see the Sixers win a championship. And, of course, if not them – my new sentimental favorite is the overlooked Milwaukee Bucks for as well as they're playing. It doesn't seem like they're getting any kind of like chance, but watching the game I watched last night, uh, watching the games I've watched with 
the Raptors against the Sixers. Sixers cannot beat either of those two teams. I don't if they had Anthony Davis for uh Boban, they're still not beating them. Um they just if Ben Simmons is there, they can't beat either of those two teams. Um and the Sixers somehow have a weird matchup wise, chemistry wise, have a weird shot at knocking Milwaukee off. So by that and the fact that Indiana you know, had their situation go down. Um, I got to stick with Boston and uh, Golden State's a, a no-brainers. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the other thing I wanted to disagree with was, which I disagree with everybody, including you, is that Chris Paul could have played all he wanted last year in the Rockets. So <laughs> just, just I heard that earlier. I was waiting on you. I to just shut in. my mouth. I couldn't. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So I'm Golden State. Change. Yeah. I, I don't like okay. the dynamic in Boston right now, especially with all the all the gaga, the trade rumors. I think Jason Tatum's still a great player. Kyrie Irving just has looked off all year. Uh, they didn't have him in the game last night, and it seemed like it helped. Uh, Kyrie, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm Boston, if I want to put my, my neck out. Jalen Brown hasn't been great all year. Marcus Smart has been same old Marcus Smart. Horford's having a decent season. I just – I can't – the East has gotten so much better. I can't stick with Boston after what I've seen this season. I want to say Milwaukee. Like, I'm I'm rooting for, for Milwaukee probably harder than any team out East. Sorry, Philly. You got Jimmy Butler. Can't root for you. Um, but as long as – Milwaukee, I just really, really like what they did. And, and to me, it's going to come down to who gets the one seed. I think that's going to be very important because – Boston, Boston's probably going to end up at the four. Indiana's probably going to end up at the, or excuse me, Philly, Boston, or Indiana's going to end up at the four. I think Indiana's got talent. They're going to fall down to the five would be my expectations. Your two teams that are fighting for the one are Toronto and Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just so young. And I love the addition of Nikola Mirachic. Chris Middleton's having a great year. I love the fact that Giannis has taken over, but Giannis still can't knock down an outside jump shot. I think Milwaukee gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they fall to the team who made the move that's going to give them the edge, and that's that's the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard has played great. Mark Gasol is a veteran leader who has experience in the playoffs. He knows what to do. Kyle Lowry's still there. They still have a great young core in OG Ananobi. They still have Fred Van Fleet. They still have great, great talent there on that team, even with Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka's playing well. I think you just got to – you got to – I can't pick against Toronto right now. As much as I want to pick Milwaukee, I have to pick Toronto because the addition – if they didn't make the Gasol trade, I would have went with Milwaukee. That Gasol trade was bigger than what people are going to think, or is bigger than people think. So I'm going to go with them. And I think Milwaukee's going to run out of juice come playoff time. They're not used to playing that long yet. Um, It seems like they're trying a lot harder in the regular season than everybody else, and that's going to come back to bite them. Uh, Interesting take. Uh, I I know you popped Tim when you said Toronto, um, but uh, I'm sticking with the Celtics. But I just saw last night when when they need to win, they do. And I don't know. 
I'm sticking with Boston. I mean, hey, it's possible and uh, very, very true that I still think Boston has that ability and they can do it, but I'm still going to go with, with Toronto. They've really impressed me this year. Um, oh, and Al, all right. Al Horford, by the way, has Al Horford has such a high basketball IQ. Oh, I was yeah, just observing does. last night just, you know, even, you know, early on he got attacked. And it's just mm-hmm. – I, I, I think he's – He's methodical. He's been around so long, and it's just it's amazing. But anyway, that's enough enough about Boston. Right. Very last pick here. Very last thing. We we, we kind of teased it. Markel Fultz, the era is over in Philly. The trade has went down, and I told you we wanted to talk about that. Here's your chance, Tr. Let's give Markel Fultz a send off here. What do you think of the trade? What? What do you have to say about Markel Fultz? The floor is yours, sir. I think I'm going to be disappointing just because I'm uh, I don't have as much juice as I usually do. But uh, sayonara, uh, adios, amigo. I don't know how many languages I could say goodbye to that motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> his he's he's joined the team that, you know that was the last news story and you'd see him in some nice little suit with his stupid hair in the background just you know oh my god what an awful pick uh historically awful there's still one or two morons that just can't admit they're wrong that still say he's going to be a good player in uh, Orlando uh, he's not he he may be an NBA player, you know, for a little while. I don't know because I guess he's got some talent, but he's he's just a goofball. It's like uh, that booger that's in the top half of your nose that's ready to go down your throat, and you're trying to get it out of your out of your nose while you're picking it, and it's just it's kind of it's kind of like it just stays there, and you finally caught onto it with your fingernail, and it didn't go down the back of your throat, and you threw it in the trash. With with the tissue, uh, really? that's Markel Fultz. <laughs> that's Markel Fultz to me, and uh, Jonathan Simmons. Uh, he, if if I am him, his mentality. If I'm in his head with a, obviously his athletic ability and not mine, he's came up through hard knocks, G League, and all that kind of stuff, and kind of showed a lot of character to be in a a good position. Dropped off from last season, uh, I would take this as a golden opportunity. I mean, whether it was a bad pick or not, it was a number one overall pick that he was essentially traded for. Uh, some other things were involved, but he's essentially, it was Tatum for Fultz for, for Jonathan Simmons, essentially. So uh, if I were him, I would I would be working my ass off to, to fit in here and uh, make a contribution. So... Goodbye, Markel. Uh, I'd love to talk to our guy from Orlando. Is it? Uh, I can't say his name because it's Philip Rossman. Rossman, Riker, Riker. Rossman. I just call yeah. him PRR. Um, uh, ha- I'm happy to give him to you, PRR. And, uh, you know, hopefully he'll get the dome when he covers them down there in that smaller market and maybe we can get some juice. But goodbye, Markel. I doubt I'll ever bring your name up again. <laughs> Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. 
the the goodbye to Markel Fultz by Tom Robinson. There's some good games going on right now if you're listening live. Uh, Minnesota and Houston. Minnesota's up three with 6.45 to go. Still a long way to go in that one. Brooklyn and Cleveland just went into triple overtime. So a lot of extra basketball there. So hope you guys are enjoying your night, watching some hoops, listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks again for everybody tuning in. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and at WideMenCan'tJump.com. We will have our T-shirts up on WideMenCan'tJump.com within the next few days. You should be able to order them soon. So I'll have them up for online orders, and we will start shipping. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Follow us at Wide Jump. He's at TR Shock. I'm at MMITM Nathan. Tim is at Tileman68. We hope to have a couple more shows out this week. We're sorry we haven't been putting out as many as we have been. It's just been a very, very busy week, a uh, busy couple months, actually. Thanks yeah. again to our sponsors, yeah, sure. the law offices of Stephen P. New, Cambay.com, and tonight the Two Girls, One Mike Porncast. Check them out as well. Uh, TR, anything you want to say before we ride off into the sunset? Nah, we're, I'm inching closer to a uh, sane, quote-unquote, regular schedule. Uh, and when I do, whether it be six days, six months, or six years, then uh, everything will be back to normal. Well, we can't wait for that, and we're glad to have you back tonight. Missed you tonight, Tim. Happy belated birthday. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. For Nate, TR, send us home. Peace. I ain't even gotta say it, that's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at widemencanjump.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and by cambay.com. Be sure to visit cambay.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Men Radio Network.